Welcome to That Sacral Mm-hmm Podcast, the show where we get intimate with our human designs in order to guide ourselves towards our most pleasurable life and leadership. One of my favorite things and one of the things that make my sacral go mm-hmm is watching leaders like you claim their embodied legacies. From vulnerable shares and learning lessons to expert advice offered through the HD lens, I hope you find something here that you can take along with you on your journey to creating yours. The world needs more leaders dripping in their vitality and serving their mission from the overflow. Your time is now. Welcome to the space, and without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, hello. It is so good to have you back on the podcast with me today. And I have a special treat for you because today we're going to be talking about my journey with human design thus far. So I'll take you from the version of me, the first version of me, (laughs) who had no idea what human design was, who really had never even heard about it, into the weaving and winding story of how I found my way to be the person that I am today that embodies their human design that is working through their human design experiment each and every day and also interweaves it into the work that they bring out into the world. Human design has such a big place in my heart. I've mentioned before how it really feels like a system that is validating to who I am and how I naturally move throughout the world. It also has been a tool for me to connect back to my body from a time where I was so disconnected and so disempowered in my connection to myself. And it's also a tool that has provided me with so much material for self-trust. And so I would be remiss to not have a full episode dedicated to my journey, dedicated to my experience, because ultimately human design is how I look at the world around me. It's how I interact with the people around me in the most equitable and um, compassionate way. And it's also how I think that we can all come together um, in our own individuality in order to make something really beautiful in the world around us. So I'm really excited to start this conversation with you, and um, I know it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you've ever talked to me outside of this podcast, if you maybe you're a coaching client, maybe you're a friend, maybe we've just had a conversation randomly in the DMs or in person you know that I'm, I give every detail of a story. And if you're telling a story, I want to hear every detail. You're telling me about your second cousin and something that they did. I want to know what shirt they were wearing and I want to know what they had for breakfast. So I say all that to say this is going to be a long conversation. I'm, I'm betting on it. Um, and there's going to be a lot of like weaving and winding that we're going to do. But ultimately, I think that there's going to be something for you uh, in this topic. Uh, if you're interested in learning about my journey through human design or also are just on your own human design experiment and want to feel validated in the experience that you've had. So should I have made notes to keep me on track? Probably. Will I do that? No. (laughs) There's a lot that I want to get into and I'm just going to kind of let it flow and I hope that that works for you too. Okay, so let's get into it version of me that had no idea what human design was. In order to know that version of me, you have to know what I was doing at that time. So just a little bit of a trigger warning that I did previously work in the sexual assault advocacy field. And so I will be talking briefly about trauma and vicarious trauma um, and the burnout that I faced uh, in result of the work that I was doing and the, you know, 
negligence that I had towards my body. So I just want to give that disclaimer that I will be going into that very briefly here. Um, So if that applies to you, you can choose and have sovereignty over whether you'd like to continue to listen. Um, And if not, um, that's totally okay. I'll put some notes in when I get to, you know, get around that topic in the show notes. But anyways, so back when I had no idea what human design was, I was working as an advocate, as a community advocate, working in the criminal justice system. So transplanted from a nonprofit into the criminal justice system, trying to make a change from the outside and working with victims of sexual violence to figure out what their version of justice looked like in a broken system. I had gone through so many different trainings about vicarious trauma, about compassion fatigue, about all of these different things that one might experience when they are a service provider in that field. And I thought that I was invincible. I thought that I could just do whatever I wanted and that it wouldn't actually affect me. And yeah, maybe I would journal here and there. Maybe I'd go to therapy here and there, but ultimately I was going to be okay. I was there for a very long time. I loved the work that I was doing. I loved the people that I was serving. And slowly but surely, I found my body deteriorating. This is a conversation for another episode. I'm thinking about doing one specifically on burnout. Um, And so we'll just leave that there. We'll put a pin in it. But ultimately, what happened as I continued to neglect my body was that my body began to shut down. Around this time as well, I was really craving to find a sense of community. I have never really been a religious person. I've been more of a spiritual person. But at that time, I remember looking at different churches around me and different places where I could like congregate in order to be with like-minded people. So I was willing to actually step into a religious experience to try to get some of the community and validation and connection that I was craving, even though, you know, I myself was not very much invested in a particular religious affiliation. So the reason why I share that with you is because I was really in this searching energy for something to land and fully ground in, something to feel like I wasn't so alone. And that's where the beginning of you know, my journeying out of depression started to happen, where I, my body was shutting down, my mind was shutting down, and I was really looking for something to grab onto. And I was kind of like having this moment in all areas of my life where everything felt like they were just falling apart. Like, like my relationship felt like it was falling apart. My finances felt like they were falling apart. I felt like I was pushing myself so hard at work and not getting anywhere new. I felt like I was not happy, even though I should have been, like quote unquote should have been given what society had said. And so all of these different areas just felt like they were crumbling around me. And um, I decided, I don't remember why I decided this or if there was any big catalyst, but I decided to talk to a financial advisor, (laughs) which random, random why we started there, but okay, Uh, decided to talk to a financial advisor, was like, I, you know, I really want to get my finances in order. I think everything will be fixed if I just feel like I am, you know, well-resourced and like 
you know, not paycheck to paycheck. Um, I was working on a nonprofit salary, so like it wasn't that great. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, where was my money going each and every day? And I feel like that's a journey that we'll probably talk about here on the podcast is finances. I feel like throughout my life, something has always kind of been coming up around that, whether it's like the work that I choose to go into or the conflicts that I'm getting into with my partner or different things like that. There's always this edge of like financial strain that's coming up with that. And my journey really has been acclimating my nervous system to the abundance that I wish to hold and acclimating my nervous system to the gratitude for what I already have. So anyways, I decided to work with this financial advisor and um, they had put something on their Instagram about podcasts that they would suggest. And I found the To Be Magnetic podcast by Lacey Phillips. And the To Be Magnetic podcast is really about taking manifestation through a different lens, which allows you to look at manifestation through neurobiology and neuroscience. And at that point with the work that I was doing with trauma, we were totally invested in the trauma conversation. We were totally invested in how the brain works and what type of things that go on when someone's going in, going through a traumatic event. And I was actually teaching people, um, police officers, prosecutors, different law enforcement individuals about trauma and how to understand victims and how to understand things from the traumatic lens and a trauma-informed lens. So immediately when I saw this, that, okay, you can, you know, be in this community with these other people that want to make their lives different, who want to improve their lives, and you can also learn about the brain while deep dipping your toes into spirituality. I felt like, oh, this is a great opportunity for me. Back to the financial advisor. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy that process and it ended up making me feel like shit. So I ended up not doing that. But ultimately, I think that every part of our journey is always, um, and I think I just wasn't ready for it at that point, but I just, I really do believe that every single part of our journeys lead us to the next part. And now that I know about human design, I know that for, for me as a manifesting generator, as a sacral being, each moment something comes forward for me to respond to, it's a it's a lily pad, like people always say in, in the community. It's a lily pad that comes up and I can trust my body to take me forward or to keep me keep me in the same place that I'm am that I am. And it's not that that lily pad is gonna be the thing that I follow forever, but it's the thing that's gonna get me into the next step to see the things that I need to see for the next place that I'm going. One of the things that I really found clarity on during that time was the fact that I did not want to be engaging with advocacy in the way that I was doing it, and I did not want to stay at the job that I was currently in. And one of the things that I had set as a goal with that financial advisor was to actually quit my job and was to do something different. And the process of discovering that brought me to coaching and brought me to learning about the coaching field and learning how I could make my mark in that field. Um, And (laughs) 
the funny thing is that uh, my financial advisor was like, okay, this is how we're going to set you up so that you can quit your job. And then I was like, eh, I'm actually not doing this with you anymore. And I'm actually going to do this now. I'm going to quit now. I know I don't have anything set up, but I'm going to quit now. Okay. And I just went off into the distance and never looked back. And would I recommend that? Probably not. Depending on what your motivation is, I have a hope motivation. So um, it makes sense the way that, that it all played out. Obviously, in hindsight, I see that. And I also experienced a lot of nervous system activation um, from that decision. So cautionary tale and also an inspiring tale at the same time. You get a two for one there. <laughs> so let's rewind back to To Be Magnetic and that world. This was my first dive into spirituality and having conversations with people about spirituality and feeling normal for doing that. In the past, when I was younger, my mom, my aunt, you know, people in my family were really into the secret. They were really into these different manifestation tools. And I always was really intrigued by them, but I never had anything work for me. And around me, no one else was really talking about these things. I wasn't in communities or circles, whether that would be professionally or personally, where people were talking about spirituality in a way that took it seriously or, you know, didn't like make fun of it. And um, I was really craving that. So I was really excited to have these people that I could talk about something new with, um, kind of get outside of what I was typically talking to people about each and every day and also like kind of reinvent myself in a weird way. Um, and so it felt like a really freeing experience to be able to talk with people about these things. And so I began to open my mind to different systems and different ways of seeing the world. Um, there was a portal where you could talk to people like a message board portal or a community portal. And people would talk about human design. They would talk about how there was this tool that was called human design, you could utilize it for your manifestation process. And here were the places to look in your chart to know what you would need to know if you wanted to manifest using this system. So I went online, I pulled my free chart and immediately like was like, fuck the type, fuck the strategy. That doesn't make any sense to me. My body's burnt out. This doesn't even like resonate. Let me just go straight to the arrows at the top and figure out if I'm a specific or non-specific manifester. <laughs> <laughs> which you know now I'm older I'm wiser I know that those are the variables that those arrows signal something deeper than that there's so many other things that you can learn about yourself and your human design from that area of your chart but I was really laser focused on <laughs> like get me to x y and z I want to go from point a to point b in the fastest way possible get me there um and it was all part of my journey and the thing about only focusing on one portion of anything is that once you have quote unquote mastered that thing or you've gotten a full understanding and remember I was so cut off from my body at this point because it was completely shut down. I was just focusing on the mental and learning and just intellectualizing, not actually integrating. So I was like, oh, I know that. Okay, next thing. Um, so I really didn't dive more into human design. I didn't look more into it until months and months and months later, I was, I started working with a new coach and she had pulled my human design chart because she wanted to let me know what, you know, what I could expect with my energy. And 
she pulled my chart and I will never forget this. She pulled it up and she said, you have all your centers defined. I feel like this is not right. I feel like we might have done something wrong. I've never seen that before. And, you know, me, I'm like intrigued. I'm like, me? Different? Like what? Oh, okay. What do you mean by that? Like, tell me more. My love language, my top one is words of affirmation. So like, tell me that I'm special and I will literally just like melt in, into a pool in front of you. Um, so she's like, I, I've never seen this before. This is really interesting. You might want to look into this. And so I took that as a challenge of like, okay, there's something in this system that I need to explore. My body is turned on by this idea. At this point, I had started to like reconnect with my body slowly but surely and was starting to feel some of that sensation coming back. And I was like, okay, let's just let's just look into this. Um, started typing in online, what does it mean if you're fully defined? What to do if you're fully defined? What if you have all of your centers defined? And what I found was that other people were talking about how rare it was. Other people were saying how it's not very common and, you know, kind of giving one-off pieces of advice. Like, if you're fully defined, just do this. And it was like a one-sentence, one-liner. I feel like reflectors probably have this exact same journey just in reverse because everyone's always just like, and if you're a reflector, that's so rare that, like, we're only going to spend 1% of the time talking to you uh, because only, you know, this amount of people actually are reflectors. So I know I'm not, you know, I'm not singular in this experience. So many other people go through this. But for me, it really felt like this challenge of, okay, this is something that no one else is talking about and I need to explore this on my own in order to make this make sense for me. I'm really grateful for the fact that I got so turned on by the idea that I was different and that I had a new path that I needed to forge forward um, because it could have really gone two ways. I could have either gone the way that I did or I could have been really dejected or felt rejected by the system. I could have felt like this was this is not the place for me and I need to find somewhere else because of the fact that I had come into the process of spirituality trying to find a community, trying to feel less alone. And, you know, this was a threshold where it was like, you know, you're, you don't really fit in here. Um, so I do want to just say that I'm really grateful for the fact that that happened. I, I couldn't tell you why it went that way. But ultimately, I know that um, I just had that energy to keep going and to keep researching, which is something that I'm extremely grateful for today. So again, this coaching container that I'm talking about where this wonderful coach, Caitlin, talked to me briefly about my human design and the beginning of our container was not a human design container. We weren't talking about human design. We were not exploring our human design. But this one-off comment that she made um, and, you know, that got my wheels turning was a huge catalyst for me in the remainder of my journey up until today. And so it's just another reinforcement of the fact that we were talking about earlier that each moment in your story has value and each small turn can bring forth new insights that you'll use later on in your life. So I'm really grateful that for that experience. From there, I dove feet first, head first, however you want to say it, into the human design world, researching, looking things up buying the books. I also partook in a subscription 
through one of the creators that I really love to engage with in the human design space, who is Vanessa Henry. She's a powerful manifester. And at that time, she had a subscription service where you could pay whatever amount and you could receive like this audio library so that you could discover things about your human design. Um, so you would pull your chart separately and then you'd go into her library and you'd just like listen to the audio files that applied. Um, I actually got in right at the right time with that because she ended up closing that resource library. And so I had that subscription for six months. Um, so random timing, but again, things all align. And I said to myself, okay, I'm going to research this for six months. I'm going to dive in play with it and just see what happens and ultimately this is for me this is for no one else let's just see how it goes I'm not a one line so researching it only goes so far for me it only goes to a certain extent before I have to actually get my hands dirty and get in there and um, the beautiful thing about the books that I bought this audio library is that I was able to dip into the intellectual version of the information and then review it in my life and see how it was coming up and I believe that at this time my journey to reconnect with my body really began to accelerate because the human design system provided me with this brand new dictionary of language for the sensations that my body um, supposedly was supposed to be feeling in relation to my design and it illuminated the fact that I had so much further to go in my reconnection process to be able to actually really feel sensation in my body. I had become so disconnected from my body and, you know, at that time I was doing things that were bringing that spark back in, um, but it wasn't a consistent thing that I could rely on. And so, for example, when I heard that, you know, as a sacral being, I'm supposed to feel satisfaction, and then I asked myself, well, how does satisfaction feel in my body? And I couldn't place it. I knew that was something that I needed to look further into. I knew that was something that I needed to explore with my body. And um, I always say in my work that it's like if you're talking to or you call up an old friend and you haven't talked to them for a really long time and you expect them to divulge all their secrets or say everything that's going on with them and they're a little bit more reserved, um, you, you just haven't built that, you haven't maintained that trust. And that's how me and my body were at that point. We hadn't maintained that trust together She couldn't rely on me to listen to her calls, listen for the things that she was asking for and to actually deliver. And so basically my body just cut me off from those sensations. So it was really about breadcrumbing myself back into trust with my body and learning to place sensations, learning to give myself compassion for the things that, you know, originally when I saw the human design information in relation to manifestation and kind of pushed all the other things aside that didn't resonate and and asked the question well why is that why does that not resonate so for example knowing that I'm a sacral being and learning all these things about sacral beings that we're supposed to have this boundless energy and we're supposed to you know be able to work long hours and feel lit up and I just wasn't feeling those things and I was so tired and I was just napping every single day and really like one task would take me out. (laughs) Uh, It was less about villainizing myself or vilifying myself for the fact that I wasn't living, quote unquote, living up to the expectations of a sacral being. It was a more of like a embracing and and a coming inward sensation that that said, okay, 
this is not resonating and it's not our fault. We have taken ourselves through this life in one way and the system is providing us with the permission to do it differently and we're only going to be able to benefit if we do this together. So how can we do that? And that took me, you know, listening to my body when it said that it wanted to rest and my mind wanted to work, taking that nap and allowing myself to completely sign off. It meant, you know, trusting that one day I might have more energy and that although it felt scary to kind of like take my hands off the wheel and be out of control, I needed to do that in order to get myself back to health. So I, you know, attribute my human design process really with my body reconnection process. And that's why it's so important in the work that I do. And it's one of the main things that I focus on in the beginning of my work with clients, whether that be in one-to-one containers or group containers or in, you know, readings is that how is our body, what's the state of our body currently? What is our, what is our relation to sensation within our body? And where do we want to go with it? And how can we use the human design system to lead us into deeper connection? At this time, I was still working specifically with the brain with my clients. So I was helping people rewire their neural pathways, helping them understand themselves from, you know, brain perspective so that they could transform their lives for the better or towards their desires And in the background, I was working with my body, but wasn't really presenting that to the public in the realm of my work. Um, You know, we were doing a little bit of that here and there, but it wasn't the main focus point. And I'm really glad that I have that type of process where I play with things in the background and then I bring them to light because ultimately I think that keeps me in integrity. It keeps me um, grounded in my own experience and is, again, just a process that I am working on consistently day in and day out to serve myself before I serve others. And um, because at a certain point when I know that something is fruitful, then I can be a wayfinder for other people to find their way through the process to find the benefits for themselves. So my intention was not to start doing human design readings. My intention was not to start coaching on human design. I had very specific ideas about what type of coach I was going to be, and I just wanted to continue to develop in that way. But life sort of found me. (laughs) You know, this new way of life sort of found me. Um, One day, I just like shared that I was looking at human design and what I was playing with on Instagram, and I just put it up in stories just kind of haphazardly. And um, someone reached out and said, oh, this sounds so interesting. Would you be able to do a reading for me? Huge imposter syndrome came up. I was like, me? You want me to read your human design? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I don't think I can do that. Um, (laughs) Had to go through the emotional wave with that. And then I was like, all right, so how can I do this in integrity? Like, I'm really interested in doing this. My body is saying, yes, I'm freaking out a little bit, but like I have this clarity that this would be really fun. How can I be in integrity? And so I I knew this person. So I said, I've never read someone else's human design before. I'm just learning the system. I've only been doing this for a couple months. Um, So I would love to read your human design. And I also just want to let you know that fact I also want you to know, you know, what that process would look like and, you know, kind of just laid everything out on the table and was like, 
I am, you know, I'm no, no, in no way an expert. And um, I just want to be 100% transparent about that. And um, to this person's, you know, just, just, I thank this person so much because their ability to trust me from the relationship that we already had cultivated to, um, you know, to say yes when someone presents them something in that way and to be excited about the unknown and the discovery process of it all. I'm just, it changed my life. So um, I've said that to that person multiple times, but yeah, so I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm the person to do this, but okay. And we did it and I loved it. I, it ended up being like, like I remember we had said maybe an hour and a half. It was like a three hour session because we just kept talking and talking and talking and it was so much fun. And I was like, okay, like maybe this is something that I want to do. But I still had a, that imposter syndrome. I felt really um, kind of nervous about the fact that I had never actually studied it with a teacher, that I had taken myself through my own process, that I was self-taught, that I wasn't certified. There, you know, at this point, as this podcast is being recorded, there's no necessity to become certified in human design. um, And there's no obligation to. But for some reason in my mind, I felt like I had to because of the fact that I wanted to be legit. And that's probably because of like the background that I have and how there was so much training that we had to go through and advocacy and, and for good reason. And, um, you wanted to make sure that you were teaching people in the right way. And, um, I knew the consequences of not being in full integrity when you're, when you're teaching people things or when you're talking to people about themselves. And so I was really cautious, but ultimately I, you know, had to let my body lead me into the next phase and had to let my body sort of win out um, beyond my mind, beyond the limitations of my mind. And what came through was this deep desire to talk to people about human design, to bring this into my work, to do this new type of thing where we could explore and experiment together and where I could be transparent about, you know, the newness that I had in this field and, um, the fact that we would be going on this journey together. So from there, I started to talk to the clients that I already had and um, invite them into the experiment with me. So I, you know, didn't, I was like, this is no extra charge to you and there's no obligation, but I'd love to talk to you about this system that I'm exploring and that I have been exploring for a few months. And uh, we can discover about your chart together how does that sound? Um, you know, I started to put readings on the books, put make spaces for readings um, and inviting people in through that way. And honestly, at that point, I wasn't getting a lot of readings. Um, I would get some here and there, but it was really like word of mouth that people would come to me to want to get their readings done or like friends would want to get their readings done. And so I was practicing on people that I knew at that point. And um just kind of like waiting for the day that things sort of took off. And um, what I found was that when I implemented human design work into my coaching practice, that my clients were able to get deeper results, feel things in a deeper way, connect to themselves more deeply, um, and also achieve the goals that they were looking to achieve in their own unique way in a faster timeline. So 
it totally transformed the way that I start, that I was coaching people and it also transformed their results. And so I had this just aha moment of this is something that is crucial to the coaching experience that I need to implement in each one of my containers. So I totally restructured my coaching containers to say, I am going to be working with you um, and I'm going to utilize this lens in order to coach you individually to, to yourself. So no cookie cutter practices. Everybody is going to be treated as an individual, which honestly, like that was my intention in the beginning. And that was the thing that I was trying to do. But you can't do that unless you are, you know, looking at people from a specific lens that honors their individuality or, or makes the practices equitable intentionally um, and doesn't treat people, you know, the same exact way. So, you know, I started to, to bring that into my marketing. I started to bring that into um, the coaching uh, sales calls that I would be on where I would say, I'm not sure if this is interesting to you, but this is the system that I use. If this isn't something that you're wanting to utilize, I totally understand, but maybe I'm not the coach for you. Um, I really started to get specific about the fact that I wanted to use this system as an aid to the coaching that I was going to be doing. You know, and I had a couple clients or people that were prospective clients that had come to me from referrals, from people that had not utilized human design with me in their coaching experiences, who, when I brought this up, were like, you know what, actually, that's not for me. Thank you, but no thank you. And, um, you know, that that was completely fine. And ultimately, I found the clients that did want to work on those things. But um, it was a big risk at that point for me. And I really had to tap into my hope motivation that things were sort of out of my hands and that um, if my body was leading me towards this thing, that that was going to be the best thing for myself and for my clients, even if that meant that like I was turning people away or that um, I wasn't finding people you know, at the speed that I was finding them before. And total transparency, that was a really hard thing for me to grasp because it wasn't like I was like drowning in requests to be <laughs> to be coaching with me at that point. I was just a beginner still. Um, you know, I was like still in the first year of my business, but um <laughs> but it was it was difficult because it was like, oh, this is like guaranteed. Like if I say yes to this, I can, you know, help people but also, you know, have finance financial success. And I really had to like steep myself into my integrity of like, what is it that I want to be doing? How do I want to be serving? Can I really serve this person to the fullest of my capacity if I'm cutting this off, um, cutting myself off from this tool that I know actually really helps? I really just began to embrace the fact that I was a human design coach, that I utilize human design as a tool, and that body connection, human design, self-trust, these were all the ways that I would be leading people as I led myself to the fullest expression of my alignment and my authenticity. So started talking more about it on Instagram, started using it in my marketing, and began to bring people in for readings, bring people in for coaching, and develop my process as a human design coach through total experiment once again. And again, I'm a 3-5, so this makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Um, Later on down the line, uh, interestingly enough, my coaching 
containers began to be filled with people who eventually wanted to talk about sex, pleasure, doing things differently, whether that was in their business or in their lives, slowing down, investing in their joy. And so the conversation of pleasure in its entirety began to really intrigue me. The timing was synchronistic again as well, because in my own journey, I was rediscovering myself sexually and in my own pleasure when it came to work and when it came to my day to day. Um, You know, within my hormonal imbalance, within the body shutdown, within the missing sensations, I completely had lost my libido. And when I began to reconnect to my body, reconnect to my alignment, I began to feel those sensations start to come back online. And so I started to look at my pleasure through the lens of human design as I was looking through everything else through the lens of human design. And it just so happened that a couple months later, many people started to ask me in my coaching containers about these different types of things. So I started to look at the human design system through the lens of pleasure in a way that I hadn't seen anyone else doing it that way before. I began to deepen into conversations with my clients about how they could promote their pleasure um, from the human design lens and how they could utilize human design as a tool into finding their how versus rules about the what. So for example, if someone is a non-sacral being, typically the human design system says, well, they're they're not a sexual being. They're not naturally someone with consistent sexual energy. And so it leaves people feeling like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not that person. I guess I'm not supposed to operate in that way. But ultimately, what we don't see is that, you know, when we take things just for face value, what we don't see is that this is really illuminating the how. So you're not someone that regularly and consistently experiences sexual energy. But what do you know about your energy? What do you know about your strategy? And how can we begin to utilize that to invite you into um, more sexual expression and more sexual empowerment? A non-sexual example that's related to pleasure. So maybe you are someone that is like dismantling hustle culture within your life and you are a sacral being and you're told that you are meant to work, work, work and that um, you know, this energy should be boundless, like we've talked about before in my own experience. And you don't feel like you should take time to play or take time to rest because you shouldn't have to. And it's really building the permission to say, you know, when is my body responding that it wants to rest? When is my body responding that it wants to play? And how can I build the permission for that to happen, regardless of what my mind is telling me about the things that need to get done? In all corners of our charts, there's intricacies that illuminate different pleasure portals that we can step ourselves into inside and outside of our sexual experiences, inside and outside of the bedroom. And so I was working with myself to find these things, and then the people that were meant to do this work with me found me um, and felt comfortable to have these conversations with me. And it's really just a testament to the fact that when sacral beings are in their alignment, when they're doing things that bring them joy, when they are following their body's leads, the right things come to them. And this is really true for every single type, every single person, is that when you're following your joy, when you're following the things that 
light you up and following your body's cues, the right things come into your life. The right experiences come into your life. The right ideas and inspirations come into your life that allow you to take the next step forward, whether that's you initiating or you responding or you being invited or you taking your time and waiting out your process before taking action. There is so much to be said about um, the things that our human design chart can illuminate for us. I never felt like I was going to be specifically a sex coach or that that was going to be the thing that I niched myself down into, but I felt like this is something that is part of each one of our lives. This is a facet of our lives that contributes to our ability to serve. And so why would we not talk about these things? Why would we not contribute to conversations that empower us within these things um, in order to continuously build our legacies in a holistic way? And so from there, I adopted the um, title as a pleasure and leadership human design coach. So helping people look at their human design and utilizing it for not only their leadership and the way that they move their legacy forward, but also in the ways that they serve themselves to contribute to their vitality um, so that they can serve that mission in a very sound and grounded way. So this brings me to the question of where am I at in my human design journey personally today? I'm someone that believes that this process, this journey is a lifelong journey and that the experiment that we take ourselves on is really about continuously finding ourselves and deconditioning ourselves more and more and more day in and day out so that we can lead ourselves as close as possible to the most authentic version of ourselves that we can be each and every day um, with the life that we have to live in this unique vessel, in this unique body that we've been placed in. Um, so I'm still, even though I'm, you know, coaching with human design, even though I'm doing human design readings, even if I'm, you know, innovating in the human design space, I'm still like a lifelong learner of this system. I'm still finding things about, you know, basic things within my chart, like my type, my strategy, my authority, my profile. I'm still learning things that are illuminating different areas to me and that are finding finding me in the exact right moment of my life. Um, something that I'm working on right now that I'm really interested in within human design is looking at conscious and unconscious charts, looking at different channels and the types that they're associated with and how that impacts our strategy and our authority. Um, I'm also like continuously diving into pleasure and human design and how they intersect. Um, I'm really interested in developing that conversation more and opening up more safe spaces for people to talk about those things. 2021 was the year of learning that I have a three line and learning that, you know, I learned so many other things, but that was the thing I really had to focus on and integrate was that I was going to fail quite a lot. I was going to do things that didn't end up panning out and that it was totally okay. Um, as someone that used to be a perfectionist and who still sometimes has perfectionist tendencies, that was a really big pill for me to swallow. <laughs> and it was a really big thing for me to embrace about myself that I wasn't going to be this perfect being and that, you know, just because I took the jump didn't mean that everything was going to work out perfectly right away. Um, and so that was 2021. 2022 was about embracing the emotional wave and really learning about my unique emotional wave. 
um, learning about how my circuitry impacts my emotional wave and how I can lead myself through the process of witnessing rather than fully like being, you know, drowning in the experience of my emotions. How can I actually take a step back and take a wide angle view at the process and witness with compassion what's going on in my body and give myself space to process? Um, I don't know. 2023, the year that we just started is, you know, just started. So I don't know what this year will be, what the focus will be this year. Um, you know, ultimately, like I've dipped my toes in and out of different processes and, and different in- inquiries and interests within the human design system. But I find that each year and each moment, I'm really learning more about myself, validating parts of myself, and also giving myself permission to expand past um, what I thought my limitations were within the human design system. So I'm forever grateful that it has found me. And I can't wait to continue to let this experience unfold. (sighs) So there you have it. That is my journey thus far with human design. I'm sure that I left things out. I'm sure that I over-explained some things. (laughs) And ultimately, I think that everything came out the way that it was meant to. And I just pray that I am a, a clear and concise channel for the things that you were meant to hear today through my story. Um, And that you find yourself somewhere in my tale of my process so far. If you have never heard about human design, if you've never done a reading, if you've never looked into the system and you're looking for a soft landing place to do so, please reach out with any questions. You know, even if you want to do a reading together, we can walk you through the basics in a way that makes you feel really comfortable and allows you to see the potential and the possibility waiting for you in this system. And if you're someone that's like a human design geek like me and you want to go deeper, I also would invite you into my world where we can dive deep into all the corners that maybe you haven't explored yet or actually invite you into a deeper integrative understanding or somatic understanding of your human design rather than just you know, processing things on the brain level or in the intellectual space. Whether you are just simply continuing on in this podcast journey with me and you hear me talk about human design, or you decide to actually step into work with me, whether that's in a long-term or short-term program, whether that's via coaching or consulting or even just a one-off reading, I wanted you to have insight into why human design is so important to me why integrity in the human design coaching space is so important to me, and insight into my journey of how I've utilized human design as a tool in my own personal experiences and also in coaching my clients. So thank you so much for giving me a platform to share this story. Thank you for spending your time with me. It's been so much fun to just share off the cuff things that have been coming up for me around you know, processing my own experiment And um, I can't wait to hear about your experiment too. So if you feel called to, not only would I love to hear how this episode landed for you, but I'd also love to hear where you're at in your journey in your experiment with human design in the comments below. So feel free to do that if you feel called to, and also feel free to share this with a friend if you feel like it would resonate for them. Thank you so much again, and I can't wait to talk to you soon. 